Oh, it's International Women's Day. We've had an opportunity already to speak to Dr. Lisa Young and Kelly Keene, who are two uh, wonderful uh, voices that we have on the air quite often. We uh, can't thank them enough for their expertise and uh, their analysis of, you know, be it politics or be it finance with Kelly. Um, another woman who we rely on to make this show go is Mackenzie Road. Mac, we call her. She's our content producer and has been on this show uh, pretty much since its inception, since I took over. Mac, how you doing? Happy uh, International Women's Day. Thank you. <laughs> we had a chance. We were talking a bit about this yesterday in terms of what we were thinking about this show. And, you know, you you have a wonderful way of putting things into perspective and just talking about the experience of a young woman working. And some of the things that I think, you know, old guys like me, we don't even notice. We don't even pay attention to, which is our failing. We need to. But it takes people like you to sort of say, hey, take a look, pay attention to this. I mean, just in terms of working, some of the subtle things like, you take a look around and you're the only one that looks like you, right? And that makes a difference. Yeah. So unlike the guests we've had on who are very established in their careers, I'm very new to mine. Yeah. This is my first job in the media. So I I knew what to expect going in. I was warned through journalism school that it is fairly male dominated, um, but it still didn't prepare me for when I got here. My entire Calgary team, so I work out of Calgary and Edmonton, um, but my entire Calgary team was men. Every single person, every single meeting, every day, um, aside from a couple of the hosts, like our morning host, Sue, and then Angela Cocott, who sometimes guest hosts in the afternoon. But aside from that, every meeting I did every day was just me surrounded by men. And it took me six to eight months to even get a chance to use my voice. And that's not to say that they stopped me. I work right. with a lot of really great men. I do. But when they're all talking, it's hard for me to want to talk over them or even share my opinions. Um, and I didn't even notice that that was an issue until recently when two more women were hired on the team. And then, yeah, I looked around and I was like, okay, it's it's supposed to be this easy. Right. I yeah. didn't even realize. You t you were talking to us about it and you gave this analogy of a flickering light. And it, I'll tell you, like you speak about a light bulb, the light bulb came on. I was like, okay, that makes perfect sense. Go through that analogy for us. Okay. Um it, it might sound silly. Uh, in my mind... No, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, it's it's like when you're sitting at your desk and you have a fluorescent light above your desk kind of gently flickering. And you notice it at first, and it's very annoying at first, but over time, you get used to it. It never gets fixed, but you, you adjust to it, and you get really used to it. And it's just a, a low buzz, a slight annoyance in the background. And then once it gets fixed, you realize, like, oh, my goodness, this is what it could have been like this whole time. It could have right. been this bright, this easy, this whole time. And then on the other side of it, yours is the only desk with this flickering light above it. So no one else <laughs> sees that there's a problem because they've got perfectly fine light bulbs above their desk. And then they'll come and talk to you and like really, really take a look at your work environment, really take a look at your surroundings and realize, oh, this is this is kind of an annoying way to exist. What can I do to fix that? But it takes someone actually coming up and recognizing that your surroundings are a bit different than theirs and your work environment's just a little bit more challenging yeah. than theirs. And you know what, Mac, and it's so important and it's so valuable that somebody like you has the confidence to come out and talk about it. Because like, I've been in this business for about 30 years and I can say it has changed. And uh, maybe it's just, a, maybe I've just had the good fortune of being surrounded by a lot of really exceptional women. Because I know working over at Global TV, most of the management structure there was women. I came over here uh, and when we started this show, it was you and Cass and Sarah and me. It was all women except for me. So um, that ha it has changed. And like you say, there's been more women coming on to 
the team in Calgary, which is good. Not to say that we're where we need to be or anything like that or discounting your experience, but it, it's important to say, yeah, some, some good things have happened, but still, there, there's still some issues there. That's important. Oh, absolutely. I will recognize that while things are changing, and I'm very, I was very happy with Cass and Sarah, equally as happy with Brad and Sarah. Um, there's still a long, long way to go. I mean, it is still a conversation I have in a lot of my meetings with higher ups, both at this job and at um, the bar job that I talk about a lot. Mm. I do bring it up semi regularly, like just a reminder. We've got some, we've got some ways to go. I might need some support here because while I can use my voice, no one will listen to me quite like they'll listen to, to a man in power. Or like I can't, I can't teach you how to treat me, but I can tell you what I'm feeling, and then you can then work with that and approach me in a different way, maybe. And you mentioned the other job that you work in. That's an entirely different world that I've never actually worked in. But you were saying, I mean, that still has the traditional. I mean, not even traditional. I mean, archaic, arcane sort of. This is what women do in a service industry, and this is what men do, and it still hasn't changed. And I think that one will be quite some time before it's Probably. changed. I mean, one thing we mentioned this morning was the dress code in a lot of a lot of the restaurants, bars in that industry is just, it's wild. Um, first of all, most of the servers you'll see are women. Yeah. Um, males will be behind the bar or in management positions. That's just kind of the typical structure of it. But a lot of the times, a lot of these restaurants require, you know, low-cut tops, really short mini skirts, um, just for the women. Men will be behind the bar in their jeans and button-downs, but they'll ask the women serving the tables to wear these smaller, yeah. tighter clothes because a lot of the guests of the restaurant, unfortunately, are men and they really, they cater the dress code to the male gaze because they know it's what will bring in more business. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, uh, but the thing that blows my mind is you, so there's a dress code for, for women, which is mm -hmm. ridiculous and it's, it goes the opposite way. I mean, it's all like you say, um, and, the, and, and nobody stops to think, Dudes can just wear whatever they want, but we're going to put these rules in for women, and nobody stops to think for a moment, wait, that, that that's way out of line? No. Um, <laughs> I once, at one restaurant I worked in years ago, very proud of this. I was very young working in this restaurant. I did put a stop to that. So the men had no dress code, and part of the women's dress code was that they had to be groomed, and they had to shave visible parts of their body. And I was fresh in journalism school, had an attitude. So I went to head office and I was like, this is inappropriate. What are you talking about? And you know what? They changed it. They changed that dress code. And I I just, I think if more people had the attitude that I did at 19, yeah. we might be a bit further. I mean, I need to get that attitude back if I'm being honest. I think you you bring a lot, of, Mac, that's, I, I love that attitude. And you do, you come in and you just, you just lay it out. I, I absolutely, I, I love your voice being part of this because <laughs> it, it's important and you're not, you, you've got, I don't know if it's confident or it's just a lack. I don't know what it is, but you just come and you tell it straight and it, it, it's so important. I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and we'll have you on again. I don't know what we're going to talk about, Lex, but, but we'll have you back soon. Mac, thank you so much, as always. Of course, anytime. That's Mackenzie Road. She is our content producer, one of them, her and Brad. And as I say, it used to be her and Cass and Sarah. And it was an all-female team here. And uh, exceptional, just tremendous. Uh, still good, still fantastic, but uh, we're fortunate. But uh, Mac is... Uh, She's great. She, that's a, I, I don't know how many times a day I just say, oh, Mac's awesome. You know, she's, she really is. She's just, uh, she's a, she's an absolute joy to work with. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.